right, podcast listeners, welcome to the Knife Journal Podcast. When the lights go down in the California town, people are in for the evening. I jump into my car and I throw in my guitar, my heart beating time with the breathing. Driving over can, singing to my soul, there's people out there turning music into gold. This is episode 90, our uh, New Year's episode. This will be uh, <laughs> right. This will be a uh, somewhat quick one. Um, At least we're not nursing hangovers. Happy New Year, all. Yeah, actually, I uh, was watching TV on the couch at, at about 8:30 p.m. on New Year's Eve, and I fell asleep and woke up at about two on the couch. Yeah. Well, you're just a just a ball of fire there. Yeah. <laughs> I started watching MSU get this his ass kicked because a lot of you may know that I am an MSU grad. Um, so, not that football is very important to me because it's really not. Uh, but because it was a, such a big high profile game, we decided that we were going to try to watch it, and um, it became very painful when it became 17 to zip, and we shut it off and said, "Oh, to hell with this." I got better stuff to do. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we went. We just ushered in the new year in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's pretty much what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. One of those things, you know. Yep. 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 But we did have a um, a, a couple friends of mine and I went up and looked at the PWYP site mm-hmm. uh, on on New Year's Day, and so that that came out real nice. There's a nice. Um, for those of you that don't know, PWIP was ongoing for like 15 years, and um, Terrell, the fellow that hosted it, um, basically said, uh, "I'm done. I'm tired, and I don't want to do it anymore. And it's no fun anymore." And you know, there was last one probably was 115 people there, and and so uh, he decided that you know he didn't he just wanted to spend his time some other way and so he chose to do what he did and that's i gotta respect him for that yeah he did it for a long time did it for a long time and uh so this year um we're gonna try to do it well we're gonna do it whether or not uh, some of the southern boys show up i don't know uh up in uh the up we scoped out a really good spot uh right in the center of some well, in the south, you would call them lakes. Up here, we call them ponds. Uh, and uh, they're a running water, you know, it's like spring-fed pond that turns into a, a little river. Hmm. And uh, just a nice little spot. And we're, we're going to be watching it for the next couple months to... Make sure you know, it's really that good. Yep, yep. Keep an eye on it. And uh, it's in the middle of uh, Hiawatha National Forest. Nice. And, uh, you yeah, know, National about, Forest equals no permit needed. Right, exactly. Exactly. So I think it'll be fun. It's a good spot. There's a nice level area that, uh, you know, that if we want a communal camp, we can. If, there, if somebody wants to wander off into the woods and, and um, you know, it's not like in the UP, it's, the roads are maybe a mile apart. So it's not like you have... Uh, like you could like skip over to the next <laughs> the next section, find your way home. 
you know, yeah. so if any of our listeners are coming, I really, really hope they bring uh, some kind of a handheld GPS or navigation tool like uh, Compass or something and learn how to uh, learn how to navigate the woods. And uh, we'll, so, probably have, we'll have, probably have somebody do a navigation course. Yeah, there's, there's got to be somebody that's a whiz-bang at that. I can do it, but I'd have to refresh my memory on it. And navigation is a lot easier when they're when you can see landmarks. <laughs> right, right. You and know? this, and I'm talking. This is some d- pretty dense, yeah, uh, dense uh, forest. Yep. So it'll be fun. I, I like I said, it was a gorgeous place. It was a gorgeous day, and mm-hmm. uh, we wandered around and uh, had a good time. So, uh, have you set a date yet? Yeah, I think it's um, the second weekend in May. I believe uh, Scaddy um, S- pointed out that I used last year's calendar, so it's it's on the uh, PWIP uh, Facebook page, okay. and uh, I, I think it's I want to say it's like thirteenth May thirteenth through the fifteenth, okay. so thirteenth is a Friday, and uh, goes through the fifteenth. Mm-hmm. So. So check out that that that'll be a good time. You know, I, I'm I'm hoping we get you know 30, 40 people, but I'll I'll be, be nice. more than likely more than likely it'll be twenty. If that, like I said, a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of the people from the south. It's kind of interesting. They're they're kind of pussy when it comes to coming up here. Well, it is it, a long ways for them. Yeah, really. What about when we go down there? Yeah, but it's there's not, nowhere to fly in up here. It's not a long ways for us to go down there. Yeah, what? but there's there's very few of us down there. You know, we were kind of the oddball people. You know, they kind of like to stay regional so they don't yeah. have to go to a big expense and stuff, and I certainly understand that. Yeah, I suppose, but I think it's more they're afraid that it might get cold on them. Huh. <laughs> so that's the challenge, people from the south. I'm throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think you'll be looking uh, far and wide and listening far and wide to hear a southern accent at this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Um, Dave will probably come. I'm thinking Dave will come. So that, be nice that'll be would. that'll be a southern guy coming out. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be uh, a southern guy coming out. Let's see what's new. Oh, here's a knife in the news. You want to hear that one? Yeah. Uh, the Washington State Supreme Court says that uh, kitchen knives aren't arms and don't get protection. <laughs> so there's a city of Seattle has a ban on carrying knives. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Supreme Court basically in a 5-4 decision said that uh, this would be the this would be the Washington State Supreme Court. Yeah says okay. that uh, while any while almost any common object may be used as a weapon, that does not necessarily mean that possession of otherwise innocuous objects that could be wielded with ma- malice will trigger the constitutional protections afforded to, quote, arms, uh, Wiggins said in the majority opinion. And I guess it happened uh, because uh, this guy, Wayne Anthony Evans, was carrying a sheathed kitchen knife uh, when... A Seattle police officer pulled him over in February 2010 while driving in the city's central district. 
Was this a chef? Was this guy a chef? Seems to me I uh, I could I I'll could be wrong. Evans, who had been stopped for speeding, told the officer he had a knife in his pocket when asked. Um, and then they got him for that, carrying a concealed or unconcealed dangerous knife. Uh, dangerous knives are defined as any fixed blade knife and any knife with a blade longer than three and a half inches. Uh, so he got convicted for that and appealed it, it sounds like. Um Anyway, so I, I would almost guess that that may that may end up in the Supreme Court. Well, I don't know. Uh, they're pretty. That's a pretty iffy one. Um, the you know what he what he shouldn't have. I does I don't know what he said, but anytime you have a knife on you, just say it's a tool. Right. Never say this is for my defense, because then you're carrying a weapon. Right. So. Um, yeah, that's that is a big uh, that is a big no no to do that kind of stuff. But. Yeah. You know, you learn the hard way, I guess. It says, yeah, it says actually he said he was doing it, uh, carrying it for self defense, which. Yeah, I don't know. That's, Just tell him it's a tool. Not, don't don't yeah, turn it into a weapon. Yeah, that's kind of not real bright to do that. Yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe that won't be going to the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, I mean it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like that was all that well thought out. No, no. Um, he obviously has never heard our podcast before, huh? Well, maybe he'll become a listener. <laughs> and he while should, he's in uh, the while he's in the pokey. Yeah, he should go and uh, join Knife Rights. There you go. There you go. Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra-modern CNC components and old-world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand-convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. Probably would be a wise idea. Yep. Any other knife news? Uh, let's see. I did a. Uh, I figured out that uh, plungeless swedge. So for people that don't know what uh, what I'm talking about, uh, do a Google Images search for Randall Airman and look on the top of the blade, and you can see that it's. Uh, think it's a spear point but and it's not clipped but the point um, drops uh, rather sharply and then they've taken and put a false edge or a swedge on top of that but there's no at the back of the swedge there's no vertical plunge line and I, that's something I've been uh, I like the aesthetics of it I don't think it probably makes any difference at all in the performance of the knife but it's it's kind of neat uh, when you do it that way, if, especially if you're doing a knife that's got uh, grind lines in it, 
and you want all the grind lines to kind of sweep back towards the handle, you know, the visual thing. Uh, it's nice to not have that interrupted by a vertical line in the middle of the blade. And so I fussed around with it uh, and finally figured it out. And basically what I f figured out was you have to you have to angle it in such a way that it uh, that it crosses. Um, hard hard to describe. But then the other thing you have to do is pretend like the swedge ends somewhere up in space on top of the knife and just grind it all the way through. And then uh, there's there's a bunch of ways to do it, I'm sure, but the way I ended up doing it was grinding the swedge first and then grinding the primary bevel uh, and then just fine-tuning it with uh, sandpaper after the heat treat was done. But there's tons and tons of ways to do that. Um, not saying mine is right, but it was kind of neat to figure out. And uh, so I made a 6-inch... Uh, knife, and uh, that's that's actually up for sale on uh, versteggblades.com. You have to. But if you're, you but if you're waiting the, for this, if you're waiting for this podcast, it's probably already sold. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know the, the thing is, is like it's right at right after the holidays. Yeah. So the the deal is, is I think people don't have any money, so oh, I think that's I think it's gonna sit there a while. Which is fine with me. So to find it, either find, go to the Facebook page. There's a link to it, or uh, on the on the uh, site, there's a little news button. And if you click on that, you'll see it in there. I am gonna eventually put up an, another little page that has knives that are actually in inventory. But the reason I haven't ever done that is because there's never any in inventory. <laughs> right. Right. Um. But that was that was a, a challenge, and now I've added another tool to the armamentarium. Uh, the other thing I did was uh, remember you were talking about an antler tine uh, friction folder. Yep. Did it? You got one of those done, eh? Yep, and it's beautiful. And it, yeah, it wasn't cool. wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. No. Um, nope. They're they're very cool, and uh, um, there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of people actually. I mean, that's like one of those knives that a lot of people make those in their, like, local guys up where I live mm -hmm. will make one of those in their garage. Yeah. It's, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll make it out of a ground-up file or something like that. They'll, they'll grind a file out and, and, and put it in an antler like that or make yeah. it fold, pit it over and fold it. And it's kind of funny because, oh, excuse me. It's kind of funny because you see... Um, Pieces that people make, and you know they're really quite proud of them. But you look at them, you're like going, "Okay, that's like the pivot point. Pivot joint is the pin. It's a ten twenty four screw with a nut on the back side of it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit on the croon side. Yeah, but but you know it's it's uh it's they're they're basically really proud of it. You know, and they they really, uh, I mean it's kind of cool that that they actually did it. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, kudos. Good. Where's yeah. the picture of it? Is that on your site? Yeah, I, I have it up it. there. Okay, uh, I haven't seen it. I'll show it to you when we're done here. It's oh, in awesome. The, it's in the... Yeah, it's actually... Uh, the way I did it, you can adjust the tension on it um, with the... There's two brass pins in there. One is a pivot and one is a stopping pin. It'll stop either the tang or the blade. 
Yeah. And you can adjust the tension on that just by tapping on those pins a little bit. Cool. Um, but it well, was I'm very glad. I'm very glad that you didn't use a 1024 screw. No, or a 1020 yeah. screw, quarter <laughs> 20 screw as a pivot point. Well, you can certainly do that. It's not necessarily what I would do, but more power to you. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of knives, we have one to give away. Oh, hey, that's pretty awesome. Yep, that big, huge one. Uh, so for people that signed up on uh, our... Uh, Facebook page? Yep, Knife Journal Podcast Facebook page. We had uh, 29 entries, so I separated them into three groups, uh, 1 to 10, 11 to 20, and 21 to 29. So the way I'm going to do this is I have a six-sided dice. I'm going to roll, and I'm using a dice tower. I'm holding it up for Jim. Woo! So that everybody Take a picture knows of that. It's Take a picture of that. truly randomized. Who made that? Uh, I did. Um, it's truly, well... There's a company called Broken Token, and you have to put them together and glue them. It's truly randomized when you do it. Uh, there's no way that I can influence the dice roll uh, this way. So totally legit. Uh, so a one or a two, we'll put group one up. Uh, a uh, three or a four puts group two up. And a five or a six puts group three up. Now, I also have a ten-sided dice, which will you know the corresponding number if if i get group three and roll 10 there's no 10 so we have to do it again because uh, that's the dice saying nobody won this round okay, okay. so let's go okay so here, here comes the six-sided dice and it's two so that's group one and here comes the ten-sided dice and let's see who won it four dan d so I will uh, announce that on the Facebook page. That's awesome. And all I need to get is his uh, his address, and I'll get it shipped off probably Monday. That is awesome. So congrats to Dan D. That is awesome. May you have a great amount of fun with that knife. It was fun to make. I've been making all this small crap, and every once in a while you just want to make a huge knife. So... Well, it's, it's funny how... Oh, excuse me. Where's the yawns today? I think we've been out in the woods did that. It's funny how um, people do not let... Oh, I'm not the only one yawning. There was a little blurb from Stormy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny how many people will poo-poo big knives, but they really love big knives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get a kick out of that every time I think about it. you got to have one or two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, oh, and they're yeah. they're fun to they're fun to look at, you know. Right. Uh, and if you if you pull one out, it's like well, it's, it's a showstopper. It's hard to be a knife nut and not like big knives. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Even I, if you don't use them for anything, right? right except for right. chopping stuff up or right. flashing around. Well, the yard. you know, and, and like the, the like the pure outdoorsmen, you know, they're all like, "Well, I would just use all I need is this little bitty folding knife and and." And if I needed anything bigger than this done, I'd just use my axe. That's like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm not a purist because I still like, I mean, I I would I would carry a big knife and an axe. Oh, yeah, there's no, they're not mutually exclusive things. Yep. It's just I would, how much. I would leave, I would leave uh, um, 
leave out an extra pair of underwear and an extra pair of socks. Yeah. And, ca- and carry a big knife. Except <laughs> this thing weighs like two and a half pounds. <laughs> right, right. But so, uh, I, so yeah. listen to this. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I was going to buy some Coleman fuel for my my um, uh, my Svea stove. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I go into the, the hardware store today, and this fellow is working in there that doesn't normally work in there. Uh-huh. And I asked him if he had some Coleman fuel, and he said, "No, but we have some alcohol. You could burn alcohol in a, in a uh, Coleman stove or a Coleman lantern." And I was like, "Oh." You better not tell that to anybody else, because <laughs> I think you'll blow up if you put if you put alcohol under pressure and try to light it. Yeah, I think it has to be. I think it has to be a, a certain um, certain manufacturer of stove. Yeah, yeah. To burn to burn alcohol. So so my recommendation is, folks, do not put denatured alcohol into your Coleman stove or your any of your pressure pot type type stoves because i think you could have a uh, catastrophic flamethrower yeah don't put anything into your stove that the stove doesn't say to put in there right. how about that <laughs> that's that's probably the best idea yeah i know uh, i know um i know you can do a few things like gasoline and you can do diesel fuel and you can do kerosene Mm-hmm. You can do those things. They're relatively unpleasant, but you can do them because they stink. Yeah, it's uh, it just depends on the stove. It depends. Like there's uh stoves that are meant to burn all those different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are stoves that really aren't meant to do that. So you just check on your. You know when you burn. Model. Excuse me. When you burn gasoline, isn't there? Isn't there more benzene and gasoline than than a lot of other fuels? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that. honestly because I know I know I was I'd be afraid to burn gasoline in one of those stoves because I think that they burn. I think that that's the that's where the real toxic stuff is. Well, it could be. I I don't know that I'd burn it inside. Um, no. Yeah, I I just uh, I haven't ever put gasoline in one, even though I've got several stoves that say you can just because uh gasoline explodes <laughs> yeah. like bad yep and i'm not yep. really interested in that yep so uh yeah so i don't know i don't know what's going on with stormy he's all glovey dubby right now i don't know if you can see him or not yeah i see him he's being all, he'll be quiet he's being all lovey dubby <laughs> well he's actually not been bad yeah, lately he's been lately good. Lately he's been good. He has a he has a little thing about um when people come over he gets a little excited for a little bit, but but genuinely he's been pretty good. You gotta slip him a Mickey. Yeah, yeah, that's what I need to do. Yeah. So did did I tell you that I told you that I got that that uh that one book that we were laughing about, didn't I? Uh the 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 wood book. The oh wood yeah, book. yeah, yeah. That's actually it's got really neat stuff in there. It's it's pretty funny though. I get a kick. I get a kick. Is, so they can. I. It's upstairs. It's like uh, I don't even remember what it is. Well, finish the finished wood firewood book or something like that. Yeah, but it's these guys that are all crazy about their firewood and they range them in like geometric shapes and stuff. It's cool. Well, they they do. Um, uh, they actually do. Like, oh, what the hell am I trying to say? 
like beehive of di- like dioramas. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they, they do like uh, like almost like paintings with uh-huh. them, like color by numbers. Only the different shades of wood is is stacked up a certain way so that you have a picture when you're done. Yeah, yeah. but they do the beehive draw. Now the beehive drying thing that is supposed to be the best way to dry wood. Yeah, they claim um, they they stack them in a circle like that. Yeah, and. Uh, but to me, I would stack them in a circle like that, and then I would fill it up the center. Yeah, but Just then they, then the stuff in the center won't isn't gonna isn't gonna dry. Yeah. So the way I do it is uh, the way I've always done it, and that's to stack it so it's not gonna fall over, and then leave space between the rows. Right. Don't don't stack them right up against each other, so the right. air can flow back and forth through there. Now I had a I had a buddy of mine that had a. Uh, his piece of property had an airstrip on it. The previous owner had an airplane, and he had a grass airstrip on the back of his property. Nice. And so he had an airplane hangar. Uh-huh. Okay, and you know how most hangars, like, not so much at an airport, but at a at a private hangar at somebody's house, or they they're like uh, they have a a bump out for the tail section to go into. Yeah. And so they're wide as the wings, but they're not wide like that all the way back. They're just because it's just to house that plane. Yeah. So he had this he had this um, really cool building to stack wood in because he could put thirty cords on this wing, thirty cords on this wing, and thirty cords in the center and the back. Nice. So he literally could have his three years of wood supply drying while he was, uh, and he never had to restack it because he would take it and put it in there and let it set in there for three years. Yeah. And it was, and then he just used down one year, and then next, when he was cutting wood, that's the year that he, that's the pile that he filled back up. Yep. And uh, and he know, knew that he had ninety cord of wood ahead, had three years of wood ahead. It was a pretty awesome setup. Yeah, it's a good deal. And then you never have to move it. That's the that's the bugger part that I don't like, as I hate taking down wood piles and restacking it. Yeah, that's the thing about the beehive deal is that you're going to have to restack yeah, that later. And it's like can handle it five times. I, I'm not not into that. Yeah, I'm not into that. Yeah, I'd like to make one stack, and I've never had any problem doing it that way. I'm sure somebody so, will tell me I'm doing it wrong. So I'm putting a I'm putting a um, when you when you come up here you'll see it. Hopefully hopefully it'll be done. I'm putting a um, toolbox underneath the seat of my Tundra. I've oh, got nice. an old ninety I think it's a ninety nineteen ninety Skidoo Tundra long track. Uh-huh. It's, got, it's got the little motor in it, and it just putters along probably 15 to maybe 30 miles an hour. And uh, But you can go through the woods, and it goes through anything. I mean, it doesn't matter how deep the snow is. It'll just keep going. Uh-huh. And, and uh, But I always wanted a, uh, a setup that I could put, like, a little axe and a tarp and a, maybe some emergency rations or something in, underneath the seat. Yeah. And uh, from having this guy make me a box... That I can take off the seat and put that uh, put that box there, and then put the seat on top of it, and then it's got a hinge. Oh, cool! So that so that you know I can put, um, and it should be big enough that I could put like my little cruiser axe in there and a come along. Yeah, maybe you know, a, a little a length of rope stove or something. Yeah, a length of rope or something. Yeah, you know, just in there because if you go gunk holing or you go off roading with this with a sled like that, where I live. You get stuck a lot. You could get stuck a lot in the woods, and you could be far from your house. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, my uh, 
my snowmobile when I was a kid was a John Deere 440 liquefier, and it had mm-hmm. a little leather toolkit in the engine compartment mm-hmm. that I used quite frequently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, extra spark plugs, a spark plug wrench. Uh, I used to keep a little starting fluid in there just in case. Nothing runs like a deer. Yeah, it was an awesome snowmobile. I loved that thing. Uh, I'm going to get one one of these times, but I need to build a little bit bigger outbuilding right. so that I can store it in there. Uh, but that, but then the thing is, then I have to have a trailer because I'm not really sure. I can't really <laughs> ride it around here. How to get off the peninsula? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you'd get off unless it was totally snowed in. Uh, or you go they, across the lake. Well, it's not frozen though. Just go really fast. Yeah. Go on the water. Yeah, you can, I've gone over little small stretches of open water, but I, that's nothing I would trust. <laughs> I would never want to do that. No, I see. I see guys do that all the time. I would never want to do that. It's crazy. Well, I've I've gone over small stretches of open water by accident, um, but other than that, no, nothing. You know, because we'd just run them up and down the river, and every once in a while there'd be a little spot where it was a little warmer or something, or the water was moving faster, and we'd go over that. But but uh, it was a rarity. But they do go over water. They go over dams too, believe it or not, on accident. Really? Oh yeah. And they clear about thirty feet of open water on the other side of the dam, going over the dam. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Don't ask me how I know that. Hear little munchkins. Yeah, they're running around upstairs. They gotta stop it. So how was your Christmas? Good. Yeah. Did, did we do a Christmas show? Yeah, we did. An after Christmas show. Okay, so we've got well, all that I, stuff out of the way. Yeah. So we we talked a little bit about that. Uh, what do you got? Uh, what do you know else about knives? Anything? Oh, not today. Actually, not today. I'm kind of my ass is kind of dragging today. I guess. What are you looking forward to knife-wise in 2016? Um, actually, to see the uh, the Wilderness Series and the Cruiser, uh-huh. the canoe knife that we're doing. Uh-huh. I can't I can't wait to do the canoe knife. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's going to be a knife every, a lot of people are going to really like. Um, but yeah. the but the the smaller the smaller wilderness series I'm I'm kind of interested into the uh, I'm I'm excited about that knife too 
the the uh, smallest one. But, cool. But besides that, I think just getting out in the in the woods more. I mean, I think uh, um, last the last couple of years we were we've been kind of snowbound. It was very difficult to to get around because even with the the snow was so fluffy uh-huh. that even with snowshoes you were still like walking through twenty inches of snow. Uh-huh. And it made it it made it quite difficult to move around in the woods. And I think this year we're supposed to have a lot lighter snow and a little bit warmer temperatures, which the temperature doesn't bother me. It's just the amount of snow. And yeah. uh, when you have that kind of snow and the kind of snow it was, made it very difficult to move around in the woods with snowshoes. And so I'm I'm looking forward to this winter. We got got snow on the ground, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, cruising a lot more in the woods. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a that's a good thing. Crazy mild winter though, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, it was it was twenty three up here last night. So I mean, it's not like it was twenty three below zero, but uh, they're claiming the weather service is claiming that we're going to have an above average winter, which mean that we should ha- we should be hovering between like thirty and ten mm-hmm. degrees. So you know, that's perfectly fine. It's easy on the woodpile. Mm-hmm. And uh, that makes me happy. So I'm looking at the new offerings that uh, Spiderco has coming out for 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got a really nice-looking uh, Cook's Knife. Um, Spiderco K11P Cook's Knife, 5.8-inch VG10 blade, black Corian handle. I'm trying to see what else they have that trips my trigger. I wish they'd remake a roadie. That roadie was like my favorite Spyderco. Did you lose that? No, I still have it somewhere. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, you went from carrying it to I haven't heard anything about it. Well, I I carry it. It's it's in my heavy rotation. Um, but you he- know. heavy rotation pile. Yeah, it's it's in that pile somewhere. I gotta find, now that you mentioned that I gotta find it. I know it's around somewhere. Uh, trying to think uh, other other new stuff coming out. Hmm. Oh, we didn't talk about me breaking my freaking sog tool. Oh, how'd Did you we? do that? I was pulling the the bale out of a plastic bucket. Okay. You know, I have some plastic buckets that I was getting rid of, and I was taking the taking the steel off them and and uh, and recycling the plastic. Uh-huh. And I've done it a thousand, not a thousand times, but I bet you I've done it a hundred times before. And I don't. I mean, I'm not. That's not real hard on the knife. You just basically grab the bale and you twist it a little bit and and pull it out. Okay. Well, I grabbed it, twisted a little bit, and freaking half the the um, plier broke. Mm. So kind of, you know, and of course I sent a, I sent an email to SOG, SOG, and uh, asked them if that's something that that's covered because they have some kind of a limited lifetime warranty, I guess. Uh-huh. And uh, in the grandest of customer service style, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything back. Well, it's holidays. What can you do? Well, I broke it like a week before Christmas. 
and I shot off an email right away. So, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I, uh, I might uh, bring it to the shot show and ask them about it. I'm sure I mean, they'd I, just give you one. It can't be that much money. No, I know, but I'm. I want. I'd like to get this one fixed. <laughs> Sentimental value, you know. Yeah. Good luck. I yeah, you're probably gonna have to buy a new one and just swap the pliers out. I already have one. Oh, you do. Yeah. Huh. Yep. So I'm looking, uh, looking at the new releases on uh, KnifeCenter.com. Mm-hmm. It's uh, pretty heavy on uh, pe- a lot of people making uh, friction folders. So there's this uh, Kensai Matsuno is making a bunch of really nice looking ones, but they're all like 500 bucks. Um, I'm not sure I would pay that. Um, that's that's one of the late. That's that's like one of those crazes that everybody goes through. Yeah, I guess I hit that right at the right time, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because I can't make anything but a friction folder. <laughs> so maybe Wait, I should make your, a couple of those. When is your uh, um, when is your mill coming in? Oh, I haven't ordered it yet. Uh, eventually, I will. Um, But, uh, yeah, lots and lots of friction folders in the new stuff. Other than that, it's all a lot of flippers. Uh, Hinderer's got a uh, XM18 3.5-inch flipper. wonder who's manufacturing that. Oh, him. Wow. I haven't ever seen uh, one of those actually for sale. But... I don't know. It's not not for me, but for people that are interested in that that kind of knife. Uh, well, Rick, Rick's one. Rick's um Rick Hinder's uh, um knife. Yeah, he, he's got one for sale on Knife Center. Yep. I think that's kind of unusual. Yeah, I know. I think I must be the first person seeing it. He's actually got two of them up there for sale. Hmm. Uh, there's one that I'm looking at. This is kind of cool. Uh, Philip Booth Custom Twerp Flipper. It's a uh, 1.875 inch 154cm recurve Tanto blade. But I don't think it. It's not really like a Tanto though, because it's got. It's it's curved. I wouldn't really call it that. But I like the I like the looks of it. If I was gonna buy a flipper, I I like that one. It's, mm-hmm. it's neat looking. Now, are you still playing with your uh, with your um, flippers? Your uh, uh, butterfly bell songs? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh. Wow. This is a, this is a. Hey, look. Check this out. Um, we've talked about uh, Three Sisters Forge quite a bit on mm-hmm. the uh, podcast, at least early on. They've got a, uh, a CCT folder, one point seven five inch drop point uh blade and it's black uh milled cerakote titanium handles um little small looks like front pocket knife i like his stuff um but this i think this is a looking at it it looks like it might be a frame lock uh can't tell but uh and I, yeah, if I'm going to buy a framework, I like it. It's uh, KnifeCenter.com. He's got actually a few of them up there. 
CCT uh, folder. It's like, it looks like it's like a little two-finger uh, folder. He was a dentist, actually, mm-hmm. by training. Um, I I talked to him a little bit. He's got actually quite a few knives for sale on there. That's unusual. Usually he was just selling them off of his uh, website or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going into the big time. Yeah. Here's a... Uh, a SOG SWP-1001 switch plier, 2.0 multi-tool, black and silver, 50 bucks can be yours. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't care for one of those. <laughs> it's a, you just press a button and your <clears throat> pliers come out. I know, but they're not heavy duty enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, hmm. they're not, they're not heavy duty enough. Yeah, I, I like, uh, for a multi-tool... My favorite is that uh, Victorinox uh, Swiss tool. Yeah. But I don't know. Yep, that's what uh, I had that recommendation emailed to me. Yep, definitely. Yep. That's a. Uh, that is definitely one that. Uh, It'll get the job done for sure. Yep, yep. But. Uh, that's anyway. what, and that's what, that's what everybody who said. Oh, you know, you know who's got three sister sports stuff? Who's that? You know who else has got it? Is, is Derek. Oh, cool. Derek's got a beast. I didn't know that. He's got a CCT. That looks stupid. Sorry. And okay. give his website out real quick. Um, Kniveshipfree.com. Oh, okay. That, Derek. I was thinking yeah. Jason. That's uh, the other guy we know that has a... His is a DLT Trading Company, right? Right, yep. Now, when did he make these... Uh, what is it? Gorgon. Gorgon. Three Sisters. Well, uh, I think that's... Know, is that a, is that a, does that have some meaning? Gorgon? Is that uh, a... a is that like a uh, sounds like a secret m- nerd monster or something? Uh, it sounds like a myth- mythical beast of some yeah, sort. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Gorgon. That looks like the snakehead. I don't think that was a Gorgon, is it? I don't know. Well, so anyway, that was a Medusa. I thought <laughs> new knife stuff coming out. Kind of neat stuff. Yeah. Well, there's always there's always neat stuff coming out. It's just how much can we afford to spend on them. There you go. Yep. Uh, how much and, can you afford? You know, to- a lot of the a lot of the new stuff looks kind of similar. You know, the, yeah. the ones that stand yep. out yep. to me are the ones that look a little different. You know. Mhm. But uh, what's what do we got new from Lon? Anything? No, I have no idea.
What else is new? Nada. Nada. I'm bought out of coffee. I gotta make dinner. Yep. Well, we can cut it short. My, my New Year's dinner was um, was going to be um, New York strip and lobster tails. So I've got those sitting in the refrigerator. And then we ended up going out to dinner with my mom and my sister. Oh, on New Year's <laughs> Eve? On New Year's Eve. So yeah. that was the end of that. And uh, came home and I was like, well, what about this? It's like, well, we'll have it, you know. Like, okay. So we're going to have it tonight. Hmm. Yeah, cool. baby. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to think. Uh, oh, have you heard any uh, reports back from uh, uh, Ben? Has he gotten a sheath made yet? No. Oh. No, and we're and he is um he's actually going to look at this one fellow that's up here north of Pelston that makes custom leather stuff. He does uh he does things like he makes um saddlebags for motorcycles and oh, cool. he makes saddlebags for makes custom seats for motorcycles. And he also does um custom holsters. Nice. Custom shoulder holsters, custom, uh, you know, he does, and he, he wants to, he wants to bounce some ideas off of him and see if he'd be interested in doing it. Cool. Um, he's got a piece of, uh, uh, beaver tail, isn't it? Beaver tail, yes, that he wants to put as an insert into the leather. Yeah. Just for, to make it look cool. And I think it would look really cool. Yeah, I, d- I don't know what that would look like. I've never, I guess I've I've seen beavers at a distance. I've never seen one up close, so. Yeah. Well, you probably, um, I'm going to let that one go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Um, sorry. I'm uh, going to just let that one go. I had one right, a zinger I was going to get you, but I'm going to let that <laughs> one go. Consider that your, your zinger for the year. Yeah. <laughs> your New Year's Eve zinger, you're off the hook for that one. Yeah, so uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, so it, oh. if if nobody knows what uh, we're talking about, um, I made a Skagel-style knife uh, in exchange for some antlers, which uh, you got to have antlers if you want to make Skagels. Yep. And yep. I, I didn't have any, so I've gotten a few boxes now. Always looking for more, though. Uh, <laughs> Crowns. Crowns, crowns, crowns. Yep. yep. But I can use every every last inch of any antler. Um, you know, did you did you cut any of those in uh, um, little rounds? Not not yet. I've I've I haven't been using those yet, but I'm sure I will for like stacked handle things and all yeah. that. Yeah. Well, part of the be careful when you do that. Oh, excuse me, got the yawns. Because when you if you if you cut them like um. Like the shape of a coin, let's say. Yeah. You know, cut them like that way. Uh huh. And you and you mount, and you put them on your tang, and then you try to shape them and polish them. What ends up happening is all of the bark comes off, and then it's looks yeah. like nothing. Yeah, yeah. You have to. That's that's the issue with uh, the antlers is you really kind of have to plan your handle and even the shape of your knife. Um. Because every single antler is going to be a little bit different, and so you really have to think ahead to make sure that you're not going to have to grind off all the bark, or that you're going to have enough handle there um, with the size of antler. Um, right. So, 
that's why I like making those skagels so much is because every single one of them is a little bit different. Uh-huh. And I actually uh, am in the process of making one out of uh, S35VN. Mm. I did the uh, – it's it's gluing up right now, but I'm doing a, a video on it showing the entire process of how to do it in case uh, somebody wants to know how to do that. It's, uh, mm. it's a lot of fun. Uh, cool. Should should have the video out probably sometime next week. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, awesome. Playing awesome, around awesome. with that steel. Do you want to hear a big major screw up I had with that steel? <laughs> Would happen. Okay, so uh, this is why you know you have to like play around with it a little bit <laughs> to to kind of learn the learn the do's and don'ts. So I mm-hmm. had a, a blade that I was going to make, actually two blades that I was going to make out of S35, and uh, I wanted to see if it would get any softer um, by annealing it, because just straight off of, you know, precision ground uh, S35VN is pretty hard, so it's it's kind of hard to stamp. Right. Um, and it's I wanted really to... Hard, it's really hard to grind that way, too. Yeah, it's not... a lot more abrasives. Yeah, it's it's not as bad as you'd think. Um, it actually, it it goes through a lot after it's hardened. It's crazy, mm-hmm. but um, before it's hardened, it's it's not too bad. If you use ceramic belts and stuff, I don't notice any difference between that and O1 tool steel. But anyway, so I thought I would anneal it, um, and I followed the manufacturer's instructions to anneal it, and it's both of them split into look like uh you know baklava mhm oh really like baklava. It's delaminated yeah but it's it, it's a powdered metal steel so i don't understand why it would delaminate That's... but so just uh That's weird. That word to the wise weird. uh it doesn't like to anneal very much or at least it doesn't wow. according to the manufacturer's instructions wow yeah but i've got the heat treat dialed down i think I think I've got a real good protocol on that. I'm getting uh, getting them right at 60 after tempering. Oh, nice. Yep. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Well, um, anything else? Mm, not really. Not really? Well, you need to go visit with your family. I'm going to. Happy go New play, Year, everyone. Go, go play some nerd games. I'm going to actually, tonight I have a nerd game. What are you going to play? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're playing with your kids or you're playing with somebody else? Some nerds online. Oh, yeah. okay. Online games, fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, guys, check us out on Facebook. Uh, check us out on the forums on uh, knifejournal.com. And... Drop off an email to us. Oh, you didn't talk about the uh, snowman's thing. We have to plug oh, in yeah, the snowman's yeah, yeah. update gonna, thing. So. I'll, I'll plug in his update real quick. Uh, I'm going to probably uh, shorten it just a bit. And uh, that's about it. He's found a down. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? 
Hey, good morning, Jim and Kyle. It's about 3 a.m. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin, getting unloaded. And I'm working on uh, giving you guys a little update, my year in review, and a little bit of a goal for the upcoming year. So in 2015, I learned what a lumbersexual is. And I guess I'm a lumbersexual. I listened to Air Supply on Valentine's Day. I ate Portillo's chocolate cake. And that's not code. My daughters and I bought four feet long beef sticks. I ate Fruit Loops from a punch bowl. I shot a lot of guns in Phoenix, Arizona. My son and I built a run for our chickens and we moved them from a chicken tractor to my old lawnmower shed. My son and I chased a lot of chickens that kept escaping that same run. I taught my 10 year old boy how to operate a bobcat. I bought an HK SP89. We vacationed at a friend's farm in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Literally three miles after we returned from our vacation, three miles down the road, the van died the next day. We decided that we needed to buy another Suburban. Uh, I had to sell that HK SP89, so I found the Knife Journal podcast. I got a wool pullover hoodie from a company in Michigan. That was my prize Christmas present. Uh, I was nicknamed the snowman on the Knife Journal podcast. 24 hours later, I had to spend two hours digging my semi out of icy rainy snow. An irony that I did not appreciate. And as I do every year, I will spend New Year's Eve playing games at a friend's house. And I will probably reminisce of my childhood in Mississippi when we would build sparkler bombs and wake up the neighbors. That was a year in review. This upcoming year I've got a couple of little knife projects that I've been working on with some folks. I'm excited about that. And I will continue to drive a truck. And uh, I got just a little challenge, if I may put forth, to all the Knife Journal podcast listeners. Jim ends every episode with the phrase, keep your knife sharp and your friends sharper. And from the first time that I heard him kind of stumble through that and it became the catchphrase to end the show... It's reminded me of Proverbs 27:17 that says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. I've got a Swiss Army knife in my pocket. It's the farmer, Swiss Army knife farmer, the Victoria Knox farmer. And a buddy of mine gave that to me, and on the back side he engraved Proverbs 27:17. My encouragement... Uh, when Jim says, keep your knife sharp and your friend sharper, more importantly than just having a sharp tool in your pocket or on your belt, is being surrounded by uh, sharp people. And those are people that are going to be uh, 
there for you. They're not friends that are just looking to get something out of you. They're looking to stand by you. Um, a couple of years ago, I kind of purged my life from uh, some negative people, some gossipers and uh, some drama queens. They're just energy sappers. I mean, they just take it out of you. And it just wasn't what I wanted in my life. And uh, I realized that it wasn't healthy for me or for my wife or for my kids. And so that's my encouragement. This next year, do what you can to place yourself around some good people, good group of friends, whether it's two or 20. The number isn't nearly as important as what uh, they bring to the table. And uh, so, you know, surround yourself with good friends, the kind of people that uh, don't care about what you can do for them. Um, and be that same person back. Be be the kind of person that you're looking for. And I guess I'm not trying to make this too much of a motivational speaker type thing, just real life advice. Um, and I'll end it with a quote that I, I've heard my dad say all my life from a guy. I had to look it up to see who it was. It was uh, Charlie Jones, a insurance salesman. But my dad used to say, you'll be the same person in five years as you are today, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. And so for this next year, read a few more books and surround yourself with good people and uh, make sure you listen to every journal, every uh, episode of the Knife Journal podcast. So go back and re-listen to them. <laughs> All right, guys. Hope you have a happy new year and um, grind gear, grind knives, not gears. This is the snowman and I'm eastbound and down. Okay. And uh, so drop us emails at uh, podcast at knifejournal.com and we'll be promptly answering you. Um, friend us on Facebook, KR Versteg and uh, James Noka and I'm not even going to say if you're in a Russian whore anymore because we're not going to do that. <laughs> and um, and then basically uh, keep your knife sharp and your friend sharper. And we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thank you.